Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode number 109. We're up to doing one of my favorite things I like to do on this podcast, interview, show, streaming, computer file thingy, whatever it is. And and that is to have a revisit with people who've come along before and chatted with us and talked about their music and come by again to talk about their latest project, record, uh, streaming, digital, download, computer thingy, or whatever they're up to. And today we're going to be doing that very thing, talking to someone who I grew really fond of a couple of years ago when I met her at a singer-songwriter showcase nearby, and that is Arizona-based singer-songwriter Annie Moscow. Annie was here back in episodes 58 and 59 of Songs and Stories. She, we talked about how she got from the East Coast out here to L.A., uh, did a lot of different kind of recording and work, and uh, ended up in Arizona. And she's done had done th- two CDs at that point. She's now actually back here on the West Coast, or she was a couple of months ago when I talked to her, uh, um, talking about the release of her fourth record called Phoenix, which is sort of a double kind of entendre title because she lives in Phoenix, and Phoenix actually implies rising from other things. So it's a, it's a cool record. It's Annie Moscow. What more do you need to know? Uh, she came by the house here, and we talked about the new record, and it was one of those things where because we'd been in touch for the last couple of years, we had lots of stuff to talk about before we actually got around to talking about her new record. So we're going to probably be name-dropping name Steve Key, who runs a, a series of songwriter showcases up and down the, the Central Coast. He was on this show a while back, and I'm actually doing a show with him on July uh, 16th in Gilroy, California. There's a link to that on my website at michaelgaither.com. We talked about the Far West Folk Conference and doing showcases there. And uh, we also had a, a really interesting conversation about you know where to book yourselves when your music doesn't quite fit anywhere. And I'm going to kind of give you a preview so you can listen for it during this interview. But Annie talks about the fact that she's She's not folk, she's not country, she's not a rock band, she doesn't play bars, what do you do? What Annie's discovered is she kind of just puts her songs together into a show and does a show. And I had some similar experiences with my own sort of storytelling songwriting because it doesn't quite fit everywhere. So that was kind of fun. So listen for that in this conversation. To get to it, though, we're going to hear a couple of things off this new record called Phoenix. And um, before we do that, I'll let you know that if you want to find out more about Annie Moscow, you can go to AnnieMoscow.com. It's A-N-N-I-E-M-O-S-C-O-W.com. You can also go to my site, MichaelGaither.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And you can find links to Annie's site as well as the, uh, the previous podcasts from a couple of years ago. So to get started, let's hear a couple of things off the new record. Let's hear a bit of the title track, Phoenix, off the new record called Phoenix, and Ghosts, and then we'll have a delightful chat with Annie Moscow around my kitchen table. I'm looking for that recipe but tell me, how do you make that lemonade from two old cans of beer? And I'm wondering, should I run? 
job at Trader Joe's When everything I've ever known Is slipping away like sand between my toes She said When you get ready to get up into your state Ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. 
working. So you have your zero carb cup of tea. I am. <laughs> no more rice. I well, it's nice to see you. It's like you say, it's been a couple of years since yeah. you came out. And, and we, yeah. I think we missed your show. We, we missed you around last year. We were doing... Yeah, I thought you were going to make it out to Don Quixote's. I, I meant to. I think actually yeah. I was dealing with some repeated sicknesses last year and I just oh, okay. kind of just... Yeah. For a couple of months, I, I just I kept us canceling gigs. And I got you. That's what I've been dealing with this month. Mm. Hence, no carbs. Right. But you're <laughs> yeah. feeling better. I'm feeling great. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you're playing tonight at Mission City Mission in Santa City. Clara. We'll be yeah. a, we're coming up. I'm cool. probably going to bring my wife's aunt, whose piano we, we oh, commandeered okay. last time. Okay. We go, Annie's coming back. She says, I want to go. I go, we do too. Aww. So we're overdue to see you. So where did you play last night? You were down the coast? I, um, yeah, I wasn't even going to play, you know, mm -hmm. I was just kind of making my way up here because I have a yeah. couple gigs in this area, but, um, Steve Key mm -hmm. caught me on Facebook. He sat and, right there and talked to me a couple, about six months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And he, he does this songwriter showcase uh -huh. thing. He said, as long as you're in the area. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. So I did that and it was kind of fun. Yeah. Which, which, yeah. which venue was it? The Porch. I haven't been to The Porch. How is The Porch? It's cute. Yeah. You know, they have pretty loyal people yeah, yeah. there because um, I stayed with Sonny who lives in the area. Yeah, Sonny. Yeah. yeah and and again, everybody knows everybody. Oh, yeah. I just met her last year, too. She's great. DJ, great radio DJ. She's great. Yeah. And she said, there's not a whole lot to do <laughs> <laughs> in the area of the porch. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the place was packed. It was wow. really hopping for the Is it a bar restaurant kind of thing? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. and the fact that there's probably there probably isn't a lot to do probably brings in a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Is this San Luis Obispo? Um, Santa Margarita. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you had a nice set. Yeah, I did. Good. good. I did. It was fun. Yeah, I've been down there for a few of his things. I did the last one I did was there's a winery in Paso Robos called Sculptera, and I saw the name and I'm like, okay, and it was great because it was a it's a Sunday afternoon series. And my wife and I stayed in Cambria for Valentine's Day. We just oh, they have a music series there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Wow. Well, they have Steve. When Steve and Steve Key does a Sunday showcase, and I, I oh, got there okay. and I got it sculpted here. They had these literally, I don't know, thirty foot brass and marble statues of cats and eagles, oh, and it's wow. beautiful. And it was a really nice winery. So wow. that I did that one, but uh, I haven't gone to the porch yet. But Steve does those. He, he's really good about keeping music. He creates sort of these music happenings in places where there wasn't music before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I hear he does a lot for the area. Mm -hmm. And I heard there's like 300 wineries in the area. Do they all have concerts? I don't know. I haven't been able to wow. tap into that. You should. <laughs> I, know, you should. I know. What a market. I know. I've been trying. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so you got to see Steve Keith play one of his Yeah. Cool. got to hang out with Sonny, Sonny, Sonny Brown. Brown right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link her radio show to this, these podcasts, once if you're listening. Oh, so very cool. Yeah. So, and tonight you're playing Mission City. You're doing, yeah. a, I think, a house concert this weekend as well? Um, yeah, I'm doing a house concert in Palo Alto yeah. on Sunday. Um, but tonight I'm playing Mission City. Which is long after this will air, but still we can talk about <laughs> shows. Cause, yeah. I'm super excited because I've been a big fan of Karen Armstrong mm -hmm. for years. I've seen her at Folk Alliance yeah. and Far West and everything. And, um, in fact... Last time I went to Far West a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. I hosted a Joni room. That's that was that was, that was the first, that was the year I didn't go. I remember, yeah, I remember that reading was the year about that. You, oh, yeah. oh really? It made the press, huh? 
Well, it, it made the program. Oh, I okay. Thought, I thought, okay. what a great idea. It was really fun. Yeah. And most of us know one or two Joni Mitchell songs. Right. And Karen probably knew a hundred. Yeah. And she was great. Yeah. So once all of us did our little one or two Joni Mitchell songs, mm -hmm. she just, she was the the big star, you know. Yeah. And she yeah. just kept playing, and we were all singing with her, and. It was like the best night of a couple people's lives, you know. Wow. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Well, you're one of the people that yeah. said you got to go to Far West, and I, I don't. And you said go, just go, just, just go. go. Yeah, yeah. And I did. I went the following year to Irvine and had a blast. And so then, you're glad you went. I'm glad I went. I hosted yeah. the showcase room. And then oh wow! I went what was this, it called? I combined it with two other people. It was because it was called. This is a goofy name. The Pajaro Yuba Room, because I live down here by the Pajaro River, and my friend Maggie lives up in Yuba City, or Nevada City, okay. and then my friend Greg Kitchell came from Mexico and didn't really care what we called it. So no, we're weird, weird names are good. Yeah, weird people remember it. And it was, yeah. and it was, it was actually, it was really, in a showcase room, if you're listening at home, um, basically at these music conferences, you book a hotel room upstairs in a certain bank of, of rooms, and after hours you invite people to play and play and play until like two o'clock in the morning and it's really or fun. three or four or three or, or four or depending how much yeah. gas you have left yeah and it was really fun and the, the thing i liked about it i've talked about it on this before is by sharing the responsibility you were freed up to go do other things and then come back and it was it was nice but i'm really glad i did so you're the people that said do it do a showcase oh, good, good, but i was going to yeah. take your lead and maybe next time i'll do it i would love to just do something bizarre and do like a warren zevon room or a just pick one of my favorite songwriters and just you can play, but you got to play one song by this artist. Well, those work best after hours. Like if you book your last person showcasing yeah. at one thirty yeah. or two, then you say at two o'clock is the Joni Jam mm -hmm. or the Warren mm -hmm. Zevon Jam, and then your room will fill up because everyone is all psyched and still wants to play. Right. And that you'll get a huge crowd. That's and, fun. Uh, yeah. So those those usually are. Like the late night ones. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've missed the last couple of Far West. I have, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's, I think they're, I think they're, worth, I've gone to two now. It's the one in San Jose, this year, Santa Clara this year too. And I think they're worthwhile. You meet a lot of people, but there is a money investment and some time and some planning if you want to really want to. I figure if you're going to go, you might as well plan on doing a bunch of stuff. Or, yeah. You know, that's kind of how I looked at the one in Irvine. I, you know, I did. I think I moderated a panel and I did a room. And this, this last year, I just really went up for one day because I was busy that weekend. But I, God, I, the one day I, I moderated a panel. I hosted one of the premier showcases for four oh. hours, and then I had like five showcases that night. And it was really a, you know, it was it was a major expense of energy. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit much. And it costs almost as much for one day as it does for the whole weekend, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but but they're worthwhile. You meet people, yeah. and I'm still. Seeing people now that, oh, I saw you at Far West, we didn't meet. Oh, wow. Which is kind of weird. People that knew, yeah. they saw my name around or I knew them from. So, well, in fact, I've never actually met Karen Armstrong, who's opening for you tonight. And people have said, should, you should have her on your podcast if I'm she wants. I'm not want. sure who's opening, actually. We need to oh, talk you gotta about that. Oh, you've got to toss yeah, a coin or call it a split bill. Yeah. But somebody said, you should, you should have her on your podcast. Someone said, you should get down to your songwriter series. So I'll meet her yeah. and talk to her and see if she's interested. Yeah. So, new record in the works. Yeah. We're going off on tangents again. Okay. Um, this is your third record, and I remember... Uh, fourth. Oh, it's your fourth. It is. Uh, we did a live one. You um, did do a live last one. Last year, yeah. That's the... Okay, so... Yeah. It throws my questions out the window. Cause, oh, no. No, we were talking last time, and you said, well, I'm about to do my third record, and I thought about doing something live. I never okay. heard about it. 
I'll get you one. I, I should have sent you one. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, um, it was just a down and dirty, let's do it. Yeah, good. Because you know? we had the same conversation two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing about the live one mm -hmm. that, I mean, I have it available at concerts, so if people hear a song they like, I say, oh, it's on here. Yeah, yeah. But the different thing about that one, which is why I don't make a huge deal about it, mm -hmm. is... Um, or even promote it, apparently. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're close to the truth. <laughs> okay. I'm um, interrupting. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, I'm always writing songs. Mm -hmm. um, and the songs for each of my three production albums, mm -hmm. they all were written within a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, they kind of go together and reflect the yeah. time in my history, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a theme that forms around it, right? And we talked about this, that every, yeah. in, in that aspect, like every record is kind of autobiographical, it's what you're yeah. thinking at the same time. But with Live and Alive, it was all these songs that, for whatever reason, didn't make it onto that album, not because they weren't as good, but just because they weren't quite in, in the theme, they didn't mm -hmm. quite fit. But people were still asking for them, and I was still enjoying playing I've them. had the same conversation with myself. And I think okay. I think live albums are probably good for it. Maybe, I don't know if you did it with yours, but were there cover tunes you might do that you wouldn't put on a record? Abs yeah. Yeah, things you'd like to play but didn't fit a record. And a song you might have written 10 years ago, that's a nice song, but just didn't uh -huh. make it onto the album. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's a good catch-all. It's probably. a catch-all, but yeah. it, it's... Um, I like the songs on the album, uh -huh. but... It, it wasn't as cohesive a... There's no real, like, overriding theme. <laughs> no real thought. <laughs> theme, 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 theme. Theme, thank you, yeah. yeah. No, the, the, the theme was actually songs you like to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or songs that people ask for that I should have recorded, but right. didn't, and, yeah. Just checking to make sure I recorded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So is it available online, or is it just only in It is. Okay. It is. Well, if you yeah. want, I can throw a cut into the podcast. Oh, you, cool. If you okay. Want. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I want to hear it because I was, because I was like, got some in my car. Okay, good. Because okay. I was, I was thinking, this is the live record, and I saw it, and I like this, but I, I guess you didn't do a live record, but you did. I just completely. Well, I was <laughs> sick last year, missed your show, completely missed uh -huh. the whole the whole one year window. Yeah. Of the of the live album. Okay. And again, it wasn't heavily promoted. Right. It was, yeah. Yeah, but it was probably it was probably kind of fun to do because you probably didn't have. I would imagine. You know, you probably figure out what you're going to play and how you're going to record it, which... Here's a question. Did you record every track twice, or did you just collect a bunch of live recordings? Um, I would say we recorded every track between five and ten times. Okay. No, I mean, not tracks, the whole performance right. between five and ten times and pick the best one. Okay. So, I don't know if that's cheating. No, I think everybody <laughs> does that. Okay. And there, like, there's a local band, um, The Waybacks. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're yeah. and they've kind of they're yeah they're they're really good and they kind of morph players but they're still uh -huh. around. Um, great acoustic band, great songwriters, and they've kind of changed players but the core's still there. And they did a live record several years ago and they recorded it at Espresso Garden Cafe in San Jose and they did a concert three nights in a row. Mm -hmm. So it was all set up for I think oh, okay. basically so, the same and show they three the times. Best one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that way you're not editing and cutting. You're just here's a live track. Exactly. Finish, so it's That's not cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, if you were going to record like, you know, where's my silver lining once and I hope I don't screw it up so it can go on the live album, that really wouldn't be the way to do no, it. No, no. If yeah. you screw it up, you do it again. Yeah. And, you know, we played the song so many times that mm -hmm. 
nothing was like bad or anything. It's just yeah. some takes were a little better than yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I can't wait yeah. to hear it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. So let's talk about Phoenix. Okay. The, the fourth album from Annie Musk. <laughs> Third and a half. Yeah. Third and a half. It counts as four. Okay. It's four separate discs. Okay. So, um, are these all recent songs? Um, yeah, they're all less than a year old. Okay. Um, it was funny. After I did the Live in a Live album, mm-hmm. I just wasn't feeling, I don't know, I guess all performers go through a little slump, like, oh, what am mm-hmm. I doing? Oh, I have a gig, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't as excited as I remember I had been in the past. Yeah. And, and I was just going through the motions and trying to be as excited as I possibly could, but there was a little bit of a going through the motions mm-hmm. thing to something. And a very wise friend said to me, how old are your songs? <laughs> and I said, well, um, and most of them were five, ten years old. Okay. And um, even, like I said, Live and Alive, which was brand new and alive, those songs went way back. You know, there was yeah. even one song on there that was 20 years old. Wow. You know, which I love, but it was, right. it was an old song. But at the same point, I'm always writing Mm because I love to write, and that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where this came from, but it was this feeling of this huge backlog weighing me down. Mm -hmm. Like, I have all this stuff. um, How dare I presume to put my this new stuff out when I have all these great songs? You know, it's like I have to get that backlog out, Uh you know? Right. And I realized that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not the same person I was two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Why do I feel like I have to be this archivist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and pull it out just because it's good doesn't mean I should be singing it right, right. now. Right. So I gave myself an assignment um, to just spend like a month, take two hours a day and do nothing but write. Mm-hmm. I said, I know there's there are things that need to be said. Mm-hmm. Especially, i just gone through some major, major changes in my life. And mm-hmm. I had all these ideas and things written around and snippets of things. I said, I just want to write. So I took, I gave myself the luxury. Yeah. Like, you know, writers do you sit down at a typewriter with a blank piece uh-huh. of paper, sat down at my keyboard, okay, hello, we're here right. for two hours, what right. are we going to do, right? And Let's I just see wrote. what happens. Let's yeah. see what happens, yeah. right. And doggone it. You know, um, I wrote an album. Wow. So and was the intent to, to write without having to say, I need 10 songs by this date for this? Were you, you were just going to write just to write? Um, or were you it, thinking about an end product when you were... Not at all. Which is probably why it freed you up. Not at all. I wasn't thinking about an end product. And um, I didn't... I didn't care... Um, I didn't have any idea or any perspective where things were going. Mm-hmm. I just had some seeds of things I wanted to say, maybe a line here, maybe mm-hmm. a hook here. And every day, my only goal was if I had a germ of an idea, a couple chords on Monday, my only goal on Tuesday was that it would be developed an increment more. To move it along a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that it would be developed an increment more. Mm-hmm. And I ended up usually working on about three songs at a time. Mm-hmm. And That's every, fairly common. 
Yeah, and every um, three to four weeks, I would pretty much have three new songs. Nice. And a couple new ones starting to. Uh-huh. So it was um, less, a, less a thing of saying I'm going to write as opposed to sitting down, giving it the space and letting the songs grow. Mm-hmm. And once I started having those songs, I was really excited and renewed. Mm-hmm. as a performer because once again I was like this is what it's all about yeah I have something to say right you know right. and it, it just gave me a whole new energy well it came out I mean I, hate, I know it's trite but the word organic it kind of came out organically because you weren't saying I need 10 songs in 6 months to do a record you were just I, just, I want to just write and see what I come up yeah. with and just move these things along as they yeah. as they grow yeah, yeah. neat yeah. yeah and this is the first CD I did that intentionally as a writer. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, I'm always writing, so I guess things are organic anyway because they just right. come when they come. Right. But um, this this felt good because mm-hmm. it, it was a freedom I had to give myself. Yeah, and it, worked. To do it. it worked. It worked. Yeah. Just checking. So is there a theme to this album or a cohesive kind of thread? Or um, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> Which is? Well, the title track is Phoenix, uh-huh. um, which is cute because I live in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've just been through some big changes in my right. life, right? Yeah. So it was um, it was funny. My earlier albums were kind of dealing in the midst of you mm-hmm. know everything's not happy here, you know, right. and some of the songs were dark and everything. Well, I think we talked about was it was it was it my door? Was it my door? Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of that. I mean, it was, it was a great record, but it was kind of kind of dark and kind of. I think I called it a twisted Disney record. I mean, it was it, <laughs> okay. it had this like I, I love the fact that I'm, and I'm, I haven't played it in a little bit, but I, I think the music was kind of it was kind of bright sometimes, but the lyrics were dark. Which I like that kind of contrast. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Or yeah. it's like writing happy songs and with minor chords and that kind yeah. of thing. But that, yeah. So that was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but leading up to everything hitting the fan or mm-hmm. being in the middle of it, then when it actually like really hits like yeah. a tornado, you know, you have a choice. You can either write even darker songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can wallow in it or I know. Yeah, so you get a shovel, I'll dig yeah, a deeper hole. And... I know. Or you can kind of say enough already. Uh-huh. I want to move on. Yeah. And you end up getting real philosophical, you know, and I, I read all these books and said, hmm, you know, almost kind of Zen, I hear. Mm-hmm. And where I'm at and where the songs are at is saying, well, that's just the way it is, mm-hmm. you know, and I think all the songs on this CD say it in in different ways, but that's the underlying perspective. I know one song that really stuck out was... I. I think I understand you now, which oh. says a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, I get it. I get it now, okay. Yeah, yeah right. I get it. Yeah, and I think, I've, have I heard go- were you, was it, have I heard Ghosts before? Were you playing that live for a while? I don't, I played it a little bit in Phoenix, but not very no? much, no. Okay. There were a couple no. of new songs you played two years ago that just really floored me. They were just beautiful, and I forget Thank what you. they were. Maybe they're on your, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I might have played. Mm-hmm. I think I understand you now because that's that actually wasn't in that particular writing group. That was about 
six months earlier. Okay. So I, I've been playing that one a little bit, mm -hmm. but most of these songs are pretty new. Nice. Yeah. It's fun playing new songs. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. You don't want to play the old stuff, which is too bad because all your you know fans come out, oh, I want to hear this song. Well, there's times, because yeah. I've been writing for really only 10 years, but I, yeah. you know, there's times where... You know, there's been a couple of songs I, I kind of put on hiatus that were just kind of, they were kind of fun and silly, but I kind of got tired of them. And then, yeah. then I dust them off and play them again. And like, I'm, I'm not Arlo Guthrie with Alice's Restaurant, but there's times where you just don't want to play things for a while. Do you change something? A lot. In yeah. fact, um, my, 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 my local Five Minutes of Fame, I wrote a song about Highway 17. And it's the one that KPIG Radio plays, you know, often during bad traffic days, which is, people know me for it, which is oh, great. Cool. But I got... I kind of got tired of it, even though it's, you know, it's kind of a Bob Dylan rap song. And so what I've done is, um, in fact, the first time I played Mission City, someone came afterwards and they said, you didn't play Howie 17? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a seven song set. You know, I got a lot of material. But what I've done with that is because Highway 17 is this 18 miles of windy road over the mountains that people drive like it's this, like a like like it's Highway Five. I think I'm taking that. You probably are, but yeah. you're taking it at a good time. And actually, since the tsunami didn't happen, the traffic's all cleared up. <laughs> uh, apparently, there was a big traffic jam. People trying to get out of town to avoid the three foot tsunami that hit Jeez. the harbor this morning. Did it, was there? It did. And there it did. was a three foot tsunami. Well, just yeah, it wasn't like. You know, I mean, it was, it was, like, God forbid, it wasn't like Japan, what they're going through. And it wasn't, Hawaii, I think, got off okay. But they were predicting last night, they were they had this red line along. We were watching the news at 1 o'clock in the morning. There was a, a tsunami warning last night here in California <laughs> after the Jap Japanese earthquake. And um, the news, when I was watching the news at 1 o'clock, and they had this red mark down the California coast saying, tsunami warning. And we're like, this is for real? And so we just kind of kept the news on all night, and then finally it kind of died down. So the harbor got... A major swell this morning, this morning about 7.40, and it knocked some boats over. Uh, nobody heard. I don't think there's any real damage except for, like, boats knocked over. Yeah, so they were evacuating in Oakland. I mean, yeah, they, serious all stuff. the Yeah, Aptos, Aptos, Beach Flats, I think Crescent City up the coast, they kind of evacuated right. beachfront. But but people were, people were leaving town. I guess there was a traffic jam on 152 behind us on 17. You know, people trying thinking it was going to be the worst, and luckily it wasn't. So, but, oh, so Highway 17 was, um, you know, what I've done is because it's such an inspiring drive, <laughs> people behind the wheel, I add new verses to it. So every now and then I'll just write like a half dozen new verses, in, and I'll just kind of rap at the end about what, you know, I have a new verse now about, you know, when you, when day breaks over Laurel Curve and you see and smell breaks and start to swerve, here's a tip, quit looking at the sun. You know, because people kind of look at the sun and they, you know, so I, so I kind of do that or I have a song. Nice, yeah. Yeah, so I, it, it, it kind of keeps it topical and it gives me something to talk about when I'm, before I'm singing it. Or I'll, I'll speed up songs or slow them down. I have one called Where'd the Time Go that talks about Warren Zevon, the Ramones, ACDC, wow. these concerts Beautiful I saw locally. Title. And thanks. And people like the title because it, you know, all these music memories we have. And it's kind of a medium tempo song. And now I play it more like a surf song. And give it a kind of more of a backbeat. So I'll, I'll take things like that and just change them up a little bit. I, I think you have to. Yeah, because I get bored with them. You're, yeah, and then you know? everyone gets bored. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. want to go into the motions. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get a bunch of new stuff and you just want to play it and play it. I know. Play it and play I know. It. I know. I was do. I played up out of town last week up in Nevada City and I was going through my. I had you know, I had room for like twenty songs and Ooh. I. Had like nothing off the first record. I got to put something here because people don't want to buy the first CD. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think about marketing here. 
but it is fun. I went through the same thing. When yeah. I was putting my sets together, all I want to do is the new stuff, but I have all these CDs. You know, yeah. I've got to vary it up a little. Yeah, and see, in my yeah. case, I'm, I'm planning my third record, so I really want to get these things down. Yeah. But, you know, but it's all fun. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, too, about your one-woman shows you were doing in Phoenix. It was oh, yeah. a mix of comedy and music, and we actually had some email exchanges about this. Cause oh, yeah. They look really interesting. It's really fun. Yeah, so how does that vary from... Actually, describe the show. How does that vary from a... A typical Annie Moscow show because you talk a little bit too and you're and you bring a lot of humor to your shows anyway so what's the difference between well, that had a quite an evolution I don't yeah. know if I should go into all uh, that just stop me at any point okay um, when I released my first CD mm -hmm. because the material was so dark mm -hmm. and I'm not like a, a dark person mm -hmm. you know I'm not like this gothy person right and I thought, you know, I have to lighten it up a bit, yeah. but my songs are dark, so maybe if I can lighten up my stories a little bit between oh, okay. the songs more contrast. and give it more contrast, my shows will be more level, uh -huh. you know? So that makes sense. I took, um, I went to comedy college. Oh, fun. <laughs> At the improv. It uh -huh. was a three-month class yeah. in stand-up comedy. Um, where you learn to write jokes mm -hmm. and you um, learn to perform stand-up comedy, which, oh my God, is one of the scariest things you can possibly... I've done it. Oh, a yeah, long, that's, that's what you said. Ago. I but have so much respect for a good comedian. Well, so what I see now is if you, if you try to stand on stage and do like a routine, playing uh -huh. music is nothing. No kidding. Yeah, you can hide behind your instrument. At least for three minutes, you got their attention. I know. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But up on stage, you're like your pants are down. You yeah, know, so. yeah. It's just you and a mic, and hopefully something witty to sing keep their attention for forty five minutes. Oh, you should have seen me riff. I was, I was pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you from? Okay. Yeah, that's great. To a nice town. Wait, that wasn't funny. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it was really a fun class, mm -hmm. and I liked it. Yeah. And I liked writing jokes yeah and I got okay at it mm -hmm. and a lot of people tell me about my music it has like um, a show music element to mm -hmm. it you know I've been compared to like too. Stephen yeah. Sondheim Jacques Burrell you right. know the show music writers and I thought well it, it's always been tricky for me to find venues to play my music in because I don't fit neatly into a lot of the genres that a lot of the venues are set up for. They say we're a rock club, we're a folk club, right. we're a jazz club. And while I have elements, it's it's not quite the fit. So I thought, yeah. well, gee, if I could put a show together, and I was being sneaky here, you know, a chance to play my music, mm -hmm. um, I could probably get a show. If right. I call it a show, mm -hmm. I can get a show. So what I did was string about I don't know. I think my first show I strung like eight song, eight of my songs together. Mm -hmm. I told the stories and I wrote them down so I could get my show approval. And I made up some dumb jokes and some, you know, sight gags and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they said, you're in. And they gave me a two-week run at the main theater downtown in Phoenix. Nice. I'm like, this All is right. nice. You this know, works. I can do this. And I thought it was just, um, I thought it was just a two-week run. Yeah. And then I found out, um, no, once you're part of their season, mm -hmm. you get a two-week run every year. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like, 
Okay. This is almost as good as, as playing cover tunes in a bar. Right? I know. Right. I know. I have my own show. That's cool. Yeah. So I wrote another show last mm-hmm. year, and um, that was that was really That's fun because awesome. I was starting to get the hang of it. Now I have another show due out in July <laughs> for two weeks. And so now you're a theater person. Now I'm a theater person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is funny because I don't really think of myself that way, but I guess I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I have another two-week show that I still have to write. Yeah. But it's basically it's showcasing my songs right. that I want to. And you've got some new songs to showcase. I do. So you're gonna wrap a story around the new songs and. Um, by the way, on my new CD. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. All that's time. very cool. Yeah. Other bands go into a rock club. I go into the Herberger Theater. <laughs> Here's my new material. I like yeah. that idea. Well, yeah. I know for me, I, I, that's kind of what I, I mean. There's, I, I can get booked in folky Americana, but you yeah. know, there, but there's there's tiers and levels, and I, I'm, you know, it's I'm a small fish in a big ocean. You know, I'm kind of down here, and there's, you know, yeah. And that's why I kind of like this this gallery out in Coralitos. I found they wanted to do music, and I'm like, I could do this, and I could pretty much do what I want. That's you know? the whole thing to do what you want. Yeah, yeah. you know, so <laughs> you know, and because so, some venues, to be nameless. Um, are really fun to play, but you've really got to work your butt off to get people up there, and that's 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 part of the deal. I mean, they're under pressure, you know, to yeah. be the sound person and fill the seats, and they have their, and that's totally legit. But you know, if you're putting on your own show, you you, you work it too and you promote it. But I think that it's just different. You want the venue to do something too, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Do you need to get that? Nope. I'm gonna wait yeah. and see if the machine picks it up, and it did. So that's great. So well, you're pretty much a, an annual thing now. I have an annual thing. I need yeah. to expand it. Yeah. Um, have you which, thought about trying to tour with it or trying to just book some other? I have. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I haven't been full force with anything just yet because too much is going on. Like I said, the CD, the new CD you have is an EP. It's a six song. Right. The full CD will be coming out in about a month. Okay. And then I need to promote that. Right. And I need to. I'm in the process of selling our house mm-hmm. and that really needs to happen yeah so i i just feel there's too much logistical things yeah on my plate to really launch things now but once i'm out of the house and the new album is done and the new show was written you know we'll see we'll see what the next year i don't just think and again because you can make so much money putting on plays <laughs> but you know if you're touring like if you're doing a west coast run and you can if the, if the logistics are right you could probably do a couple of venues like you're doing now and maybe if you could book a theater along exactly. the way because you've got three shows to, to, to exactly. like be able to rotate or pick from and mm-hmm. I think it's one more thing you could do absolutely and you've probably thought about that already absolutely yeah yeah that's yeah. nice and it gives you it, it, I think it gives you I hate this phrase but this is it, you, you bring more to the table I mean you can you can book Annie and she can do her songs or you can book this more theatrical kind of thing with more humor involved in yeah it. You know, and find some theaters that are more more inclined to maybe book something like that. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So when does the new record officially come out? I don't want to say official. Well, what, what do you <laughs> ballpark? I'm ballparking um, the end of April. Okay. Probably about the time I'll get this podcast up, so that'll, that'll oh, work out perfect. perfect. Cool. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming by, and we'll see you tonight. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, that'll be great. Nice talking to you. Yeah. So once again, Annie Moscow on Phoenix, the brand new record that you can find at AnnieMoscow.com. 
as well as some reminiscing about uh, Steve Key, the Far West Folk Conference, and uh, revisiting old songs and writing new ones. And uh, it's always great, like I say, revisiting with people that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years because we just have lots and lots of stuff to talk about. And I hope you found that half as interesting as we did. But again, her new record is called Phoenix. It's from Annie Moscow. You can find her at AnnieMoscow.com. You can also find out more about her at uh, MichaelGaither.com. That's my site, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Annie does tour quite a bit, but you'll find her this month in her hometown of Phoenix. And if you're lucky enough to get to Phoenix later this month, with, which is June, by the way, June 2011, she's doing her newest one-woman show at the Herberger Theater in downtown Phoenix later this month in June. You can find those dates on her website. And again, her one-woman show is a series of her songs wrapped around a very funny narrative she's written herself. So uh, I got to get to Phoenix. Of course, by the time I get to Phoenix, by the time I get to Phoenix, what a great lyric. <laughs> the show will probably over with. But uh, do check out AnnieMosca.com for her shows, her tours, and her records. And uh, Annie, if you're listening, thanks again for uh, coming by the house and uh, chatting. I always appreciate a chance to catch up. And Sonny Brown, the the wonderful Central Coast DJ, thank you for listening if you've caught this as well. Uh, also, thank you, whoever else I've left out for listening, whether you found this on MichaelGaither.com or you got it from iTunes or you heard it on KC Cafe Radio, Grateful Dread Radio, or maybe a link from Twitter or Facebook, however else you've found this show. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to these chats with independent artists. And uh, if I can get one more plug-in for the website, um, Steve Key, who we talked to, we mentioned briefly at the beginning of this episode, was on this show not too long ago. And if you go to michaelgaither.com and click on podcast, there's an archive, and Steve is here at the same seat at the same kitchen table back in episode number 98 a few months back. And uh, I will be playing a show with Steve Key and Gilroy at the Gilroy Art Showcase on Saturday, July 23rd. You can find information about that on my show's page. Coming up next on Songs and Stories, I'm not quite sure. It'll definitely be somebody I've talked to, which is a great place to start. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to uh, land an interview with these local guys, uh, the Coffus Brothers. Jamie and his, and his brother uh, just released their first record here in the Santa Cruz area, and it's really, they're really a great band. We're probably going to get together next week and talk, and then coming up after that, most likely the Austin-based band Band of Heathens and Paul Cam and Eleanor McDonald will be along soon as well. And those last two acts are playing the American River Music Festival later this summer. And you'll be hearing a lot more about that in the weeks to come. But once again, thank you for listening to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>